Sometime before his death in 1662, Blaise Pascal wrote, Man is neither angel nor beast, and unhappily, whoever wants to act the angel acts the beast. Behind this idea is the truth that man is the priest of creation. We are made in the image and likeness of God. And yet, we are creatures. We share with other animals a mortal body driven by desire. We occupy this central place between the material creation and God's kingdom. We are the link between creation and the divine. There's a constant theme that surfaces in human culture. That's the ready danger that all of us have of veering away from this center point in one direction or the other. So the serpent was able to trick Adam and Eve with the tantalizing offer of divinity, of becoming greater than they were. This caused them to fall away, just as Pascal would have said, caused them to start acting more like beasts than being properly priestly persons cultivating creation, rendering it holy to God. Pascal also echoed the psalmist who said that in his riches man lacks wisdom. He's like the beasts that are destroyed. In ancient Rome, when a triumphant military leader went on parade through the streets, being celebrated by everyone as a hero, a slave was assigned to sit behind him and whisper in his ear, Remember that thou art mortal. Now, Pascal was writing at the dawn of the modern era, and in some ways, modernity can be seen as humankind's most sustained and serious effort to throw off the restraints that classical civilization recognized as being part of the lot of humanity. And Pascal was really a a prophet. He saw where we were headed. And so it's interesting to note that St. Margaret Mary Alacoque received her vision of the Sacred Heart ten years after Pascal's death. They were contemporaries. That's to say that at the same moment when Europe was making this fatal decision to try and master creation for its own purposes without regards to the limits that wisdom circumscribes for our good, we see God warning us. We see God reminding us who we are, reminding us who he is. In the sacred heart of Jesus, we see the portal that divinizes man. So this desire we have to rise above ourselves is put there by God, but it's made to be accomplished with his grace and not on our own, on our own terms. In the sacred heart of Jesus, we see that portal that gives us the gift from God of the sacraments of the Holy Church, streaming from the wounded side of the man who is God. God chose a human body as the means of our salvation and is precisely in the physical, emotional, and spiritual center of that body where grace is to be found. It isn't Jesus' ideas, it's not his intellectual capacity, overwhelming uh, brilliance in thinking, nor is it in a kind of hedonistic embrace of pleasure that we are saved. Jesus saves us by taking on precisely our human nature, not more and not less. We discover that this human nature is perfectly made for communion with God. But it has to be human nature restored to its original innocence, washed in the blood of the Lamb. This is why St. John Paul II, who lived through many of the most degrading episodes of modernity in the 20th century, 
Love to say that it is Jesus Christ who reveals man to himself. Uh, We're a mystery to ourselves. What man is is difficult for us to discern by our own understanding. We need Christ to reveal this to us. We have a tendency, that is, to aim either too high or too low, to want to be more than we are, to have more control over things than we ought to, or to give up and have less than we ought to and become, again, just pleasure-seeking animals. And we can do this by limiting our horizons and aspirations to perishing things rather than taking all of these perishable things, all these precious things, and giving them back to God. Modernity and its materialist outlook illustrates this perfectly. There's this paradox. The more we aspire to godlike status, the more we dehumanize ourselves. It's a great paradox of the transhumanist movement that on the one hand they say, oh, we've gotten rid of uh, free will. That doesn't exist. But now we're going to choose what human beings are going to be from now on. We're not going to leave it to God. So we're, we're both going to deny that we have freedom and say that we're God, in a sense. It makes no sense. And yet... This is what's driving a lot of uh, global ideas today. Another modern prophet, one nearer our time, who wrote presciently about this was C.S. Lewis. And it really strikes me as significant that in his long essay, The Abolition of Man, Getting Rid of Man, he begins with a chapter entitled Men Without Chests, in other words, without hearts. Heartless men who lack the integrating energy of thumos, for those of you who are classically inclined. But it's precisely in our hearts that Paul says God pours his love for us, right? It illuminates our mind, it chastises our desires, but it integrates us in our hearts. It's that love, that charity that does this. Now, modernity, again, is marked not only by barbarity, and Lewis himself saw this firsthand in the trenches of World War I, but by a kind of heartless banality, bureaucracy, technocracy, mass production, mass psychosis, But in spite of all of this, Jesus Christ has not abandoned us, and this is what we celebrate today. He is still calling each one of us to repentance. He is seeking each one of us out. He's showing us what our hearts could be if we followed him. He's seeking out every lost sheep, inviting us to return to the safe harbor of his sacred heart, to see what it is like to be truly human, to return to the center of our being. Let us look at the love that Jesus Christ has for us the lengths to which he went, even breaking down the doors of hell itself to win us back, to appeal to our hearts, to allow us to rediscover every day our ability to love, to cherish, to delight in God's gifts, including each other. He has shown us what this repentance looks like. He's offered us our hearts. Let us offer ours in return.